0: Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back Behind the Velvet Rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one, the only, Kelly Mee
1: Lee. Hi David, I love that intro.
0: Listen, you gotta make you feel special here, Kelly. I mean, you know, Bling Empire season two, come on, you like deserve that.
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Can you just be with me all the time? I feel like I need a hype, like, you know... <laughs>
0: Well, listen. After watching season two, I will be with you forever. So, I mean, can you can you believe we're here? I mean, season two, right?
1: It's so unbelievable. I still think about it, and then like I pinch myself sometimes. Like, is this real? Did this really happen? And then, you know, so grateful and so blessed.
0: Did you watch like reality TV before this?
1: To be honest, I actually didn't watch a lot of ensemble reality TV. The kind of reality TV I watched was like Anthony Bourdain, Andrew Zimmern, you know, Storage Wars, American Pickers. So it wasn't too much of, you know, the, the, the ensemble reality that I'm doing right now.
0: So no like Housewives or Selling Sunsets or any of these classics?
1: Don't tell them, but no. <laughs>
0: listen that's okay well i mean you were busy coming up with the idea for bling empire you know so even though you didn't watch tv i mean how did you come up with this idea
1: you know it was kind of um really random when i read the book crazy asians this is in 2013 you know and when i was reading it these all like like, these are all fictional characters my friends they even you know they even talk about real places that my friends own in the book And I was like, this is such a great, you know, on script, this show. Um, Obviously, it did take a while to put it together. um, But that's kind of how it came about. Originally, I wasn't supposed to be on camera because I was only supposed to be behind the scenes. Um, But obviously, one thing led to another. And since these are my friends, it made more sense for me to kind of, I guess, be on camera. And took a a step. And this is what happened.
0: Did it take a lot of convincing for you to be on camera? Just, you know, being a producer and behind the scenes,
1: like... Mm -hmm. It definitely was a big challenge for me to open up on camera, just because, you know, with the Asian culture, we've always grew up to be very, very private. And especially for me, like I worked really hard to, you know, be a businesswoman be respected in the industry and with my work. So obviously, you know, I guess airing out my secret or, you know, the turbulence in my personal life was really hard. But for me, you know, I I know that we only have one chance for a project like this and it's it means so much to me because it's asian representation and it's bigger than myself so i, I knew that if i wanted to do this I, I just had to be completely vulnerable and be open to it
0: was it hard so like once you come up with this idea you say let's do this it was it hard to find a cast because look I, i've been doing this for a long time you know and a lot of times people with like a ton of mm-hmm. money are just like i have a ton of money like what the hell do i need this for mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely, it was really hard, especially again, a lot of them are family money, so a lot of time your family they they don't they don't want their stuff out there. Um, King was the first person that put his trust in me and obviously his family as well. I just end, end up spending uh, about two weekends ago i spent I spent a whole weekend with his family in uh, Vegas, and they've been so great and so supportive since the beginning, so getting him on was the first like jump and it was the first challenge and afterwards it was. Uh, things were a little bit smoother because you you know how it is. Once you get one on the second one gets on and just gets a little bit easier and easier every time.
0: Who was like one of the hardest, you know, like did someone hold out and just say like, "Mm, I'm not sure. And you're like, we have to have you. We have to have you.
1: Um, You know, I think Christine, I've known for a long time and, um, you know, Christine, we kind of jumped around because I I think at the time she was trying to do the housewives and Obviously, um, the partner that I, I bought the project to, he's also had a relationship with her. So uh, it was a kind of a team effort to get her on.
0: She was probably thinking what well, like Beverly Hills Housewives is like a known quantity. This could be like a huge thing. What is this other little show you're telling me about?
1: Yeah, so that was, uh, but I, th- I would say her, she was the last one.
0: But it all kind of worked out. So, I mean, like, you know, as a producer, like you come up with a great idea, you shop it around, it gets picked up. I mean, that means like absolutely nothing. Like then it gets made, it might not see the light of day, you know, and if it does see the light of day, look, I mean, not everything is a huge hit. So like this comes out, it gets attached to Netflix, like what's bigger than Netflix? Like, were you, you know, I mean, to me and like, I think viewers, it just seemed like overnight, this was like a huge success. Like, is that how it felt to you? Like, did you feel like You went to bed and then it was out and then you were like, there's Kelly, like everyone knows me.
1: You know, it's always when people look from outside and they're always like, oh, things just happen overnight, but it really doesn't. It took many, many years of work. And even with filming, like we had a whole crew of people that were so committed to this project and they gave everything, you know, even the cast, every single cast, you look at it, everybody was vulnerable. Everybody gave it all. Not one single person cared a show because it's not possible on ensemble cast. Everybody gave, you know, did their part. So um you know, as as much I would like to say it was overnight night success. It was a lot of hard work that was put in it.
0: When you started like filming and like as things went along, like you said, like your first, you know season season one, you know, you really did like your relationship was under scrutiny. and I mean, like, you know, a lot of people had lighter storylines as compared to yours. like, considering you didn't even know if you wanted to be in front of the camera like here this is what was really going on like with you know your life like did you have any like reservations as the thing was going on of like oh my god why did I say yes to this
1: oh like every day (laughs) but you know I was in it so there's no backing out from there um it was you know it was definitely a little bit hard to watch especially right now they do flashbacks some interviews they will flashback and I was like oh I really don't want to watch that um but we all learn from it. You know, I, I mean, we all learn from our past and I definitely learned from this experience and I don't regret it.
0: Like, what did you take away, you know, just like in the real world, like from like that relationship, you know, you've moved on, but like, what did you kind of take away from that relationship?
1: I learned so much. I mean, that relationship has really challenged me. Um, The biggest thing I got out of it after the uh, show wrap was uh, therapy and mental health, um, because I've never been to a therapy session. My first therapy session was what was filmed on television. Um, And but I got so much out of it. And so afterwards, I did individual therapy, I obviously listened to every single podcast, book, you know, website, YouTube, anything I can find and things were making sense to me. And I realized that you know, I, I lived with myself for 30 plus years, but I really didn't know myself. So it kind of really kicked started my um, self discovery and self healing and self care journey. And that is crazy and tremendous, which has added so much, uh, like so much positivity um, to my life. And now things make sense. It's, it's really the foundation of everything else
0: you hear from people, you know, just to say, like, just watching you and like what you went through in that relationship, like it made me realize red flags, like in my own life. And I mean, do you hear from people like that?
1: I get DMs every single day. And um, obviously, when I first I did this project, um, and decided to put my therapy and my story on, um, on television, I wasn't expecting um, this kind of response. So yeah, I'm very, very grateful for the fan base that can relate to my story. And I think we also build a little community um, to share knowledge. I post a lot about books and I post a lot about, you know, things that I'm learning so they can learn with me and vice versa. They also send me, you know, their recommendations on books and podcasts and YouTube. So it's been, uh, it's very rewarding.
0: That's great. Was it hard just from the point of, you know, listen, like when this aired, like, and you were still, you know, maybe at the tail end, but you were still kind of in this relationship you know, like specifically that scene in like France with like Anna Shay and, you know, like the world had their opinion, right? Like a lot of people were saying like abusive and they were using all these other words and like, I mean, was that hard when like the world now had an opinion on a relationship that maybe you were kind of ready to get out of, but you were still in it?
1: Well, the hardest thing is that people um, doesn't realize that, you know, like what they're watching happened, you know, over a year ago. (laughs) So I had to relive everything. That was the hard part. Um, but I just had to say that I was really happy I stayed off Twitter because Twitter is just me. <laughs> so I stayed on Twitter pretty much the whole 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 time. Um, and uh, yeah, people's gonna have their opinions, but also you know I, I want to kind of point out that what Drew and I share was five and a half years, and what they saw was a sliver um, that was on television. Um, so there's obviously a lot of positive, and but you know the little negative, the negative as well that showed. Um, so I, I just stayed off Twitter as much as possible.
0: But in a way, I mean, it's like, what an education, like you kind of just dove in the deep end. Like now, maybe some of your other castmates, like as things happen, like they're, you know, going to kind of be in the hot seat and, you know, like what could really be more personal than that? You know, like a five and a half year relationship, just being exposed to the world that had its ups and downs and ultimately ended like you almost kind of just ripped that bandaid off in your first season.
1: Yep. <laughs> And it hurt.
0: (laughs) That's got to be a good thing, though, going forward of just like, I can handle anything now, right?
1: No, absolutely. And then I I think it's so beautiful now that um, I'm able to capture some of my healing process and, uh, you know, and it's such a nice journey that I'm trying my best to live in the present now before I was always lived in the past or lived in, in the future. Now I'm able to kind of center myself and live in the present and able to show that, you know, now hopefully with future seasons. Um, and then I'm hoping that audience can, can see that and be inspired, even if it's just one or two people, um, by my journey and know that, you know, there's, there's better things. There's, there's, there is healing that can be done. And totally.
0: Well, we definitely saw a lighter Kelly in season two. I mean, other than obviously the fact that Andrew wasn't there and you guys are not together. Like how was season two different for you?
1: Filming wise for me, it was so much better just because like, I don't have to always think about like, okay, how, how, like, how to take make sure he feels okay. Or if I say this, will this affect him? Like it was a lot of, I think, baggage I was kind of carrying season one. Um, season two, obviously uh, it's a little bit, it, it was more fun for me because I get to be with my friends and laugh. Um, there was definitely a lot of drama in season two, even watching it myself. And I'm like, oh my God, this is like so much drama. But <laughs> I was happy that I stayed out most of them.
0: There was quite a bit of drama in season two. Was it anything as you watched it back, like shock you, like anything you weren't involved with, you know, like a scene maybe that you weren't there for where you were like, oh, wow, this is I, I didn't know about this.
1: Oh, I think that the end scene, the ending scene with Christine and Anna at lunch and they were just like going at it. I was like, oh, you know, I was on the edge of my seat So that that was a pretty epic uh discussion, I would say.
0: That was possibly one of the best scenes of the whole damn season. I mean mm-hmm where 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 did you find Anna Shay and does Anna Shay know that she is like an icon like one of the best reality tv stars ever to exist of all time like where does this woman come from
1: yeah I don't even know if she knows that because I I, you know she's on social media but she's really not but I'm I'm thinking other people like are running for her just because like when you text her, she has two phones. When you text her, you, you never know who it goes to. And, she, you know, she lives in her own own world. And I think that's such a beautiful thing. And that's such so unique about Anna. She just, she doesn't give a fuck. I don't know if we can say fuck on this podcast, but she doesn't give a fuck.
0: You can say fuck. And well, I mean, it is, it's so refreshing. It's like, I mean, we're all, you know, unless you're a certain age, but most of us remember what life was like before social media. You're like, she just is so authentically herself and just doesn't care. And it's like so freeing. Yeah. Is that what happens though? Like if you text her and you get a response, you're like, this might be her. This might be one of like five other people that are handling this for her.
1: Yeah, probably 90% or 95%, you won't get a response from her. The text Maria normally and Maria will, will answer back, but that's a crossbow for everybody. Just always hard to reach her. Anna Shea can reach you, but you can't reach Anna Shea. <laughs>
0: I love that. And who is Maria? Because people want, I mean, there is some other things online. Like, who is this Maria? I mean, it says Anna's friend, but like, does she work for her? Or does she just live there? Like, who is Maria? People are obsessed. Uh,
1: Maria is just Anna's friend. They've been best friends for a long time and uh, uh, they don't live together. At, uh, you know, Maria has her own house uh, on the other side of the, 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 the city. And, um, you know, Maria's really sweet. She's just always there. and She's kind of like, she's like, she's there to kind of always like she's always very level-headed I would say
0: does Anna Shay like like? does she like being part of this like does she understand I mean and I don't mean that in like a disrespectful way like does she understand like this show is a huge success and like people love her she's beloved like does she get that at least
1: I have no idea I have no idea
0: (laughs) it's just it makes you wonder
1: yeah it's it's Anna's world we're we're just all living in it you know (laughs)
0: Kind of. Well, you mentioned this scene between Christine and Anna, and like, you know, the more things change, season two does feel much different, the more they stay the same. Like, what is it about Christine and Anna? Like, why do you think like they're just oil and water?
1: Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible.
0: Okay, I need to tell you guys about Radix Remedies. Listen, Radix Premium Cannabis was started by three lifelong friends and cannabis connoisseurs. Can you imagine being a cannabis connoisseur? I swear I'm in the wrong line of work. But listen, their hottest item and the one that I like the best is the THC gummies. Now, those are pretty self-explanatory. It's a cannabis edible. I mean, they make you feel great. They're like the brownies that you're probably used to, but I don't know. To me, there's just something better about the gummies. They enhance my reaction time. They Reduce my anxiety now. Everyone who knows me knows that I'm a New Yorker. My mind doesn't shut off, and I have trouble sleeping. And I swear, rated sleepy bears really help me. They're delicious. And basically they're the most effective sleep aid that I have ever used. They're gummies that you just kind of take at night. They're cannabis and melatonin infused and they really help me sleep. And I mean, if you think I could do this podcast about a good night's sleep, I mean, come on now. There's so many other products that Radix has to offer topicals. Now, All of their products can be purchased as monthly subscriptions at reduced rates because you're listening to this podcast. There's free shipping on orders over thirty-five dollars, and you get fifteen percent off with the promo code Velvet. So go to www.radixremedies. That's www.radix. R E M E D I E S dot com. Go and check them out. Take advantage of all the special offers that we've secured for you, listeners. And remember, Radix, your remedy. And now back to the show. I got to tell you guys about the Diggs Revolve dog crate. Now, the Revolve is a collapsible dog crate that's easy to set up, transport, and store. So you know those like old-fashioned like big dog crates that you're used to that take up so much room when you're not using them? Not the revol. Like what you can do is you just need to take one hand and you literally, you raise it up and you put it together and then you can collapse it. So when you're not using it, you can store it and it's so easily transportable. It has a carrying handle and wheels, and it's easy to clean thanks to the removable bottom tray. And it comes in four different colors, and it really does look like a piece of furniture instead of like a dog crate. And it is the summer, so you guys all have your summer vacations. You know, they also have a great passenger travel carrier. So, you know, when your dog wants to travel, why not travel in style? And listen, it's a five-star crash test rating. So it's also safe if you're going to take your dog anywhere. And Now, just from listening to this podcast, you can get 15% off your Revolt or your passenger purchase for your little furry friend. Go to digs.pet slash velvet. That's pet slash velvet to get 15% off your purchase. I don't want to sound so negative here today, but listen, I'm not getting any younger, you know, who is, and I have so many more aches and pains these days than ever before, not to mention the fact that I've been killing it at the gym, and I'm even more sore these days than anything else. And I need a good night's sleep. Like if you think I can do this podcast without a good night's sleep, I can't. And I used to have a problem sleeping. But I have to tell you, Dormeo's mattress topper has really helped me get a much better night's sleep. The best thing about it is it's a fraction of the cost of a new mattress. So you can get that new bed feeling without like actually having to buy a new bed. And so like for me, like it means like I don't wake up like, and everyone's going to know what I'm talking about, like hot and sweaty, you know, when you're trapped from all that body heat, like this mattress topper just it breathes and it's great. It has a full range of sizes from twin all the way up through king. So if you think I'm in a better mood, it's because I'm getting a better night's sleep. And that's because of Dormeo mattress topper. Right now, you can go to Dormeo.com slash velvet and you'll receive 30% off your Dormeo mattress topper. That's the best offer you'll receive anywhere, but you have to go to Dormeo.com slash velvet. Remember with their 10 year warranty and a hundred night risk-free trial plus free shipping. It's crazy not to give Dormeo a try.
1: Huh. Um, it's kind of hard to answer. I think both of them have different opinions on things. And, um, you know, I think sometimes they are speaking the same thing, but they're just saying the, wrong, the different ways. Um, and, you know, I, I hope in the future they're able to see each other's point of view and have an understanding. And we have a little bit of that, you know, at the end of season two. Um, so we'll see what happens.
0: Is it, do you think any of it is like this just power struggle? because where from where I'm sitting, I'm like, these two just want to be queen B. Like they each want to kind of be in the number one seat in this group.
1: Maybe, yeah. You, know, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think cause for me, I, I never really uh, kind of, that's not really me. I don't really kind of fight for it. I'm just kind of, I'm just happy. I, I love everyone. Um, but you know, it, that might be very much be the case.
0: What about, you know, we saw, you know, Kevin, we saw Kevin kind of, you know, throw some romantic interest in your way during season one, this season, you know, it's Kim, like, what is it about Kevin, what doesn't somebody want to date Kevin, I mean, I'll date Kevin if no one else wants to.
1: <laughs> there you go. Uh, you know, I, I think, uh, yeah, Kevin's figure out what he wants. And, you know, I was very, very for kevin and kim at the beginning because I, I believe in love and i really think kim deserves somebody great and i believe kevin deserves someone great and i was hoping that it would be for each other because you know at the beginning of their friendship it was always always bickering and i'm like there's like bickering like a married couple and i'm like you know i guess you just get it together get together and be done with it or whatever sort us out you know so i was actually really pro them but um obviously towards the end i i realized they're not really that great of a match and. You know, I I think, uh, you know, I I think Kevin will find somebody who uh, would be great for him, who's a a great fit for him. And same thing with Kim.
0: Well, you know, Kim did make him take a lie detector test. Now, if if you were dating someone, if you, you know, how would you feel about this, Kelly?
1: No, then there's no trust at the beginning. I actually had this conversation with her. I think it was cut out, but I was like, why are you making him do this? I was like, if you do do this, you got to like, and he does it for you. I was like, then you really have to give him a proper chance. Don't so don't just like leave him on or, you know, so I did have this conversation with her, but if somebody that I'm trying to date, like wants me to take a light type that's goodbye. Next.
0: Kind of right. It,
1: it's, it's too much. It's, you know, it's, then there's no trust even at the beginning. And then, then where are you going to go from there? There's really no place to go after this, you know?
0: Absolutely. Well, you know, the season came and went, and we didn't really see you date anyone. So, you know, what is going on with your? Are you single these days,
1: Kelly? I am taking my time, um, and hopefully, for future seasons, you guys will be able to see a little bit of that. Um, but you know, for me, one of the things is that I never took the proper time to heal. I kind of sometimes I, I jump into something else or jump into dating right away, and I realize that you know I, I don't want to carry you know, baggage my next, next relationship. And for me, I'm not looking to date around. I'm looking to settle down. I want a family. Um, I want to grow a life with somebody and, you know, I'll find my soulmate. So, um, I'm just taking the the time for me.
0: Do you have like any idea? I mean, people have ideas in their heads. Like, do you have any idea, like how many children you would want? Like you mentioned, you want to start a family because like, there are a number you have in mind.
1: Uh, two, I don't think I can handle more than two. She's One a each number. arm. That's it. Yeah. No. Cause you know, like, some people like they want five kids. I was like, no, we're not building a basketball team here. You know, like, and also, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to overwork myself down there Two,
0: I, I don't blame you. And two is a lot. Listen, it's <laughs> not, I would like none. So I'm going to check the zero box. So two is like, I applaud you for two.
1: Yeah. Um, and if I, if you want to, if you ever get a baby figure, just take one of mine and play around for an hour and return back to me.
0: That's like, well, you mean you have Kane. you could go to, you know, someone can go to uncle Kane, like, who have you grown, have you grown closer to anyone in this particular group from this process? You know, like you might've been close to them at the beginning, but you grew closer.
1: I think uh, for sure, King, I would have to say, you know, Kang and I have known each other for probably nine years by now. Um, we've always had a good relationship and obviously we were really, really close. Um, but then when I started dating Drew and then like in the middle of our relationship, K and I kind of. Like, you know, we we're, we're, were always there for each other. If we call each other, we always pick up. We're always there for each other. But we, we did grow apart a little bit and not spend as much time together. But now that, you know, uh, doing this project together as well as, you know, now that I'm able to kind of find myself again and be more me, uh, Kay and I definitely grew closer.
0: And is there someone you grew apart from? I mean, that you might have been closer with before this started?
1: Um, I think, you know... Um, I definitely, I don't know if I got closer or grew apart, from. but I definitely got to know a couple of people a little bit more and, uh, I didn't know that side before. So, and we just not, so I didn't really grow apart. Just more like, okay, I'm happy that, you know, we didn't really, we weren't really that great friends in the first place. So,
0: and who was that? Uh,
1: I think, you know. Christine and I have never been really close. We've, we've known each other through, we've known each other for actually for the longest. We've known each other for over 10 years because we both sat on the, the, the same board for a nonprofit. Um, but, you know, I see her more and I, I think like, there's no bad feelings at all. There's nothing bad about her. I, I have nothing against her, but it just, it, you know, we didn't really grow closer.
0: What about, you I know, know
1: we're ever going to get closer, so who knows, maybe.
0: What about, you know, there is this, I don't know where I read this, or it was some interview, I think I watched it, where, like, Christine says, you know, I don't really hang out with anyone in this group, when we're not filming. I don't hang out
1: with her, so I have no idea. You know, she, hey, who knows, maybe she's having afternoon tea at Anna's house every Sunday, but we don't know, you know, (laughs) but I I, I don't see her at all.
0: What about this whole, you know, that scene, which was caused by, you know, Christine says, you know, someone told her that Anna said that she wanted to end her, and she was coming for her, and where do you fall? I mean, it seemed like you and Kane were kind of like, we do not believe that Anna truly said this.
1: I think for me though, personally I can't speak for Kane. Well, actually I think you saw what Kane believes, but um, for me personally, I, I just, it, it's, it's pointless for me. You know, like I'm like, I'm busy doing other things. So I don't really have the time and energy to go find out what's real, what's not. And, you know, so for me, I, it, I, think, I, I think it's a little pointless. And when Chris- and I don't, I don't believe that. I don't believe that Anna is actually gonna go and like end her or whatever the word that was used. Uh, I don't think that's true. But I, my, but however, I'm not doubting Christine. Maybe, maybe somebody did say something and it, it was taken the wrong context. That could work. That could also be a possibility, right? So, but for me, I, I kind of stayed out of it.
0: You just rise above all the drama
1: you know, <laughs> I'm trying at least. We'll see. We'll see how future seasons go. You
0: did Well, this season you did pretty well. I mean, right. Like Christine says, someone in the group told her this. So, I mean, perhaps we'll find out who that was, if it was anyone. What about, you know, Kane, you know, you grew closer to him, but now he's kind of telling Kim that, you know, Kevin slept with someone else, whether that was months ago or after the date Anna Shay is saying Kane is a gossiper. Maybe he's the one that caused this whole riff. Like, does Kane, is Kane truly a gossip? Does he get a bad reputation? I mean.
1: I think Kane is all coming from a good intention. I understand where he's, he, where he came from with Kim, the whole Kim and Kevin thing. Like, I, I understand where Kevin's come, came from, and I understood where, where Kane was coming from. So that's also why I told Kane, I was like, hey, maybe you, should you even be in this, right? And I think, I said, I mean, did you break the broke hold? you know? So I, I'm not, it's hard for me to stay on one side or the other because I get where they're both coming from. Um, you know, as far as like Cain being gossiper, I, I think, or gossip a lot. I think, you know, with a small group of circle of friends, friends, it's, it's hard to avoid the quote, quote, quote unquote gossip. It's just sharing information. So I think that happens with any small group of friends. Um, but I think her, his intentions is never bad.
0: That's good. What about, you know, I know you're taking time for yourself and you're not dating now and you're trying, which is great. I think, you know, you got to, you don't want to bring your baggage to the next relationship, but just physically, if I were to say to you, you know, you live in LA, like who is like, I just asked a housewife this the other day. She didn't even let me finish the sentence. Bradley Cooper was her answer. Like, (laughs) who is just your physical type? If you were to think of people in Hollywood.
1: I don't know if I have a celebrity for you. Like it's something I can point out to you because you know, I, I do think that I wanna um, be, and I, I do think I'm gonna end up with somebody that's my, in my culture, to be honest, because I think like just a lot of things culturally growing up and also how you're gonna teach your kids and raise your kids. I think it's a lot easier when it's the same culture. And unfortunately we don't have too many, I think Asian American male representation kind of out there. But I think somebody who is, you know, just tall, take care of himself. If we're gonna talk about physical, right? Like I would say like six feet, I feel like we're like building the dream man right now. It's like build a bear, but build, a, build your dream husband right now. So maybe six, six feet tall, um, just kind of build, I think take care of himself. Um, but I think health is very important to me and good hygiene, nice dresser. That's yeah, it's not a lot. I mean, if you wanna talk about like more like personality-wise I can give you a full list. <laughs> Well,
0: first of all, here behind the velvet rope, you can come and build your dream man. Yes, that is why you stop by. Second of all, it sounds like you just described Kevin to me.
1: Kevin's a really good looking guy. No, I'm definitely not, you, you know, uh, personality-wise, I don't think we're fit, but, but look-wise, yeah, he's a very, very attractive uh, guy. Yeah.
0: What about per- personality-wise? Like, Is there a certain type of personality that you're just drawn to?
1: I'm really drawn to sincere personality, someone who's very genuine, who's kind, who's family oriented. Um, So I'm very like old school when it comes to that.
0: And what about, you know, because you mentioned like, you know, you want to keep it like in your culture, like was that an issue like between you and Andrew? Like, was that a thing too? I mean, we saw this other stuff, but you said it was five and a half years.
1: For sure. I mean, I've dated kind of a lot of different um, ethnicities. I think um, for, for sure I noticed that. With at the beginning, with when Drew and I first started dating, he's land, so they're very passionate. You know, they yell at each other. You know, and I'm like, are you yelling at me? You know, he's like, no, this is the way our family talks. And that, for me, like, you know, we're very proper, right? And then also another thing is that um, they they love big gatherings at their house all the time, every day. For me, weekend is enough. Like, I don't need to have my friends over every single night. You know, and a big group of friends too. So. Um, that was also a little bit different. And I grew up, you know, a uh, only child and my family tend to, the Asian family tend to kind of keep it to themselves uh, where he grew up, you know, he has brothers and sisters and they love, they love big gather gatherings all the time.
0: Well, that makes a lot of sense too. You guys know that I'm out here living my best life this summer in the Hamptons. And look, I mean, part of that was like, I kind of doubled down on my therapy with TalkSpace. Like, I need a clear head. I'm going to have a good summer. And look, I mean, a lot of thoughts and emotions and life situations. You know they get in my way. I'm sure they get in everyone's way, and they stack up. And you know, it's there's no shame in today's day and age. And you know, saying hey, I I need to talk to someone. And I personally don't want to talk to my friends. I don't want a bunch of yes people that are just gonna you know yes me to death. I really find that talk space and talking to a licensed trained therapist, someone that has an outside perspective has really helped me. And I love, you know, that I am out here in the Hamptons. You don't need to go to someone's office. This can all be done over the phone, Zoom. It's a great way to get high level therapy and the help you need at like a fraction of the cost. So listen, if your thoughts and emotions are piling up, listen, it's the summer guys, you need to have a happy summer. You can match with one of their dedicated therapists today at talkspace.com and you use promo code velvet during signups, get a hundred dollars off your first month. That's a hundred dollars off at talkspace.com with promo code velvet. Dane Products is a series of female vibrators and they have so many options to choose from. You know that saying, no good deed goes unpunished? Well, I recommended Dane Female Vibrators to all my friends. And let me tell you something, now they're giving me feedback. You know, it's like TMI, ladies. But listen, you guys have to hear about Dame products. It's a series of female vibrators. You can choose the Evo, which is really their first and most iconic product. It's a hands-free couples vibrator designed to enhance partner play without getting in the way. There's the Fin, which is a finger vibrator designed to be an extension of your hand for both partner and solo play. You could choose the Palm, which is a soft and flexible vibrator that bends to the curb of your body. I also should mention like Dame has aloe lube and sex oil. It's really kind of like a one-stop shop with so many options to choose from. Listen, go to Dame like all my girlfriends did, but you can keep the feedback to yourself. If you're having fun and you enjoy it, I don't need to hear all the details. As a listener of this podcast, you can go to DameProducts.com. You enter code VELVETROPE and you get 15% off your entire order site-wide. Yeah, that's 15% off. And the best part, Dame offers hassle-free returns within 60 days. So your satisfaction is literally a guarantee. Power up your pleasure with a palm or any of the other toys I just mentioned from Dame Products. Go to dameproducts.com, enter code VELVETROPE today, and you get 15% off site wide. Talk to me this season. We have two new cast members, Dorothy Wang and Mimi Morris. Who do you think kind of fit into this group better, Dorothy or Mimi?
1: I would have to say Mimi. Um, I've spent a lot of personal time with Mimi, and I thought she was great and she's fun. Um, She's a little quirky and I love Dawn as well. Um, Dorothy, I I just, you know, we've we've been at parties together. She's never made her way to say hi to me or other cast members. So I don't really feel like she's trying to to even um, kind of befriend us. Um, And that's just my, my take.
0: And that's even like after the show was filmed or during filming, like it's not like prior to the show. It's like since she joined the show, she still just doesn't kind of try to engage.
1: Yeah, because for me, I think like, you know, um, if I if we're on the same show or somewhere, I will always say hi, you know, and she kind of just, so she doesn't make an effort to say hi to me, but I'm not sure that if it's because I'm friends with King or whatever, so she might have her story. I'm not putting word in her mouth. Um, but I have nothing against her. I've, I don't really know her. And I feel like she never really kind of made an effort to get to know me and some of the other cast members. Um, where Mimi obviously has uh, been very well, like, you know, welcoming. And we've been very welcoming to Mimi as well, of course. So I think Mimi for me fits better with this crew.
0: Did you know of Dorothy before this just from like Rich Kids in Beverly Hills?
1: Yeah, of course. I've known Dorothy from Rich Kids. And I think she did that singly famous. And also, Uh, Like just a couple, you know, it's it's a small circle. So, but we've never kind of, our path has never really crossed until now.
0: That makes a lot of sense. What about, you know, we saw like Cherie and Jesse during the season, like kind of just disappeared in the middle of the season. I know there's been a lot out there about that. I mean, did they, I mean, I'm sure it's because of this, but I mean, was it just like, wait a second, like, we don't want this out there, this whole thing about, like, Jesse having another family and we're just done with the show?
1: Yeah, it was it was really weird. I don't even know, really know what happened. You know, that we filmed, the last time I saw her at uh, filming was the party that um, Anna had, where Paula Abdul, her fabulous Paula icon, she showed up, um, and that was it. And then Cherie just never showed up on set again. You know, so, I mean, I... I I wish her the best. You know, obviously in the day as long as she's happy. I, you know, that's all that matters. But for me, if I was in the situation, I would have came back and gave my narrative or my story. You know, I I think it was kind of weird that she just dropped out and uh, unfollowed all of us and just never really spoke to any of us after. I I know she's still friends with Mimi because uh uh you know, Mimi wasn't really in, involved in this. Um but that that's really it.
0: It's And here's my thing. Like, even though, you know, this was season one, season two, like, you know what reality TV is. Like, I mean, if you slept with someone, if you had an affair, if you committed a crime, like whatever you've done, somehow someone's going to find it. That's just my thing. Of
1: course. of course. And season one, episode one, I was like, hey, I was married to pretty much a scammer. It was ran one of the largest cyber scams in American history. You know, I put it out there because if you decide to do this, you just got to let it go.
0: I always said if I ever got on a reality show, I mean, I really don't think I have anything to hide, but I would hire like the best private investigator. And then I would hire two more, and I would have three different people investigating every comment, everything I've ever done in my life, and been like, bring it all to me. And the minute that this hits the air, I want to deal with all of this. Not that I have anything there, but just who knows, right? So I don't Who knows? It.
1: Exactly. And nowadays I feel like, you know, um. I, I don't know how our, our age difference, but when I was younger, you know, the good thing that the social media really wasn't too big of a thing and there wasn't cell phone all the time. It's really hard, I think, to to grow up right now in today's society where everything is filmed. Like, you know, and um, it just, everything's going to be out there. So like, like you said, this is just better to to air all out.
0: Everything's going to be out there. And have you run into Cherie or like, has anyone run into her and Jesse or like, since they just, vanished and unfollowed you guys
1: yeah so um me king kevin we were at a a, a gala Kong forgettable award um a few months ago and um i think kevin tried to talk to them but i did say hi and then jesse gave me a quick hi and then he kind of he was obviously he didn't want to have a conversation he just kind of uh, you know avoid it and went away you know but i don't think i don't know about king Kane. king's actually to be honest the closest to Sheree and Jesse from before. So, you know, I think that relationship probably got hit the hardest.
0: Yeah, I mean, it seemed like he was pretty upset just in the sense that, like, how do I know you And we're supposed to be really good friends?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: What have you, like, learned about yourself? You know, maybe not just from, we talked about dating, but just in general, like, have you learned something from doing these two seasons of Bling Empire?
1: I think... I've definitely learned a lot to be more comfortable my, with myself and my voice. Um, and then I also, I think one of the other big things I, I learned is that be able to communicate my thoughts and emotions a little bit better. Because uh, growing up, we really didn't learn how to communicate our emotions. I, I didn't know the words or the vocabulary to really even put how I feel in the sentence where because of the show, um, I kind of had to push the boundaries and, and, and do that. Um, And speaking of boundaries also learn to have a boundary and uh, you know, with, with, with work and as well as personal.
0: That's all good stuff. What about, you know, I know, listen, like you said, I think earlier when you talked about like casting and you said like a lot of it's family money. Yes. A lot of the people on the show came from family money and like dynasties and but you didn't, you know, so I mean, talk to me about like your story. I know I read somewhere in some interview, I think you did, where you said like, you didn't even want to ask your mother for a dollar growing up to buy like a candy bar at the store. So talk to me about that. That's a lot different than a lot of these castmates of yours grew up.
1: Yeah, yeah, I am very grateful for the way I, I, I was thought up. At that time, we immigrated to the US, I think the 90s, where um, you know, when you say fam- family money in China, China, not like in Singapore, it only goes back to two generations. You know, it's a lot of new money in from mainland China. Um, my whole family are doctors, but um, we, we lived a pretty nice lifestyle in China. But when we moved out here, it was a struggle. You know, it's an immigrant story. So we um, our first apartment in Chicago was like two hundred fifty dollars a month and there was like rats in the wall and uh our car my mom my mom bought this like beat up like ford for 300 or so we can be able to get around she did the anti-cancer research um when we moved out here to uh, uh, at uic in chicago but uh she worked some odd jobs as well at restaurants just to kind of get by and save up um so for my education for all that stuff so it was definitely very challenging um but I think being able to, that I went through that was very great for me because, um, I think I learned money doesn't buy you happiness. It gives you options and it's great, but it really doesn't buy you happiness. And that's also why I think it helps with me being an entrepreneur, because if I have a down, like, let's say some, you know, entrepreneurs ups, ups and downs, you're never, it's never going to go like this. It's like, it's like this where I, um. I'm not as afraid because I was like, oh, I live, I, I live the poor lifestyle. I can do it again. It's not a big deal. I won't be as comfortable, but I can do it.
0: Yes. I mean, I'm an entrepreneur. It is better to be rich. I'm just going to put that out there, but it does yep. not buy happiness. And you know that if it all went away, you could survive because you know how, yeah. and Absolutely. it teaches you the vol- value of a dollar, right? Absolutely. And you've had, like you said, you know, from that to like being self-made an entrepreneur to like what you put out when you first started the show that you were married to someone with like a gazillion dollars. So, I mean, okay, it was all fake and there were schemes going on, but it's just like you've really experienced like real, really poor, very well off and like an entrepreneur and just like crazy money. And so it's like, I think having all those different, like it's almost like three categories, you probably really can have a perspective on all, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it probably teaches you the value of money.
1: Absolutely. And it's all life experiences, you know.
0: Now, not all your castmates know the value of money. I mean, they have a lot of money. Who do you think... If we were just to say, listen, what does a carton of milk in the grocery store cost? Like, who do you think is the most out of touch? And there's no shade in this question. This is, a, this is you know, based on you reading crazy rich Asians and everyone's very wealthy. But like, who do you think is just most out of touch with like the actual value of a dollar on this cast?
1: As soon as you start asking that question, I'm like, Anna. <laughs> so Anna.
0: I mean, that's who I would think, but I mean, I would think a lot of them maybe, but I would think Anna's probably yeah. at the top of that.
1: And I would say Anna, but the funny thing is that she does a lot of like random things too. So she might surprise us and she might know exactly how much milk costs. So, uh, you know,
0: well, listen, I mean, it's all over the internet. Who knows if these things, like, I'm just one of those people, not even just for this show, just for a lot of things. I always go to that, like celebrity net worth. I don't know if you do that. I'm always curious i mean apparently anna's worth 600 million dollars mimi and her husband are worth 800 million dollars christine chu and her husband are worth 80 million dollars so you've got some rich i mean this forget beverly hills housewives like
1: i i I think they underreported really for for these people however i did read online that kevin's worth 29 million so that one is definitely misreported
0: I, I read that and then that's, yes, that's not, but then I read a lot of other places that he's the only person who's not a millionaire, but you think like, really, like when I say like Christine Chu, Christine and Gabe, 80 million and Mimi, 800 million and Anna, 600 million. You think that's underreporting?
1: I think that's underreported.
0: Wow. That was must-
1: pretty, I'm more than, more than 50%. I would say it's under, like, I, for sure. I would say it's underreported. Sorry. I don't percentage-wise, but I think uh, my guess is it's definitely underreported.
0: Wow. Well, that must be nice. Talk to me about your new, we were just talking about you, I mean, I know that Romaine from Selling Sunset, you and him and Mary became friends and he just did, so you just moved, like, tell me what's going on with your...
1: Yeah, I moved to um, uh, this neighborhood, it's not in Hancock Park, but it's right by it, and um, I got a place that I really feel like to be home it's not as sometimes when you live in a really big space and especially you live by yourself it's actually very very lonely so for me when I was looking for a place I looked for a place that's very private and also my house is it's split up so I have a main house and the back house where if I'm by myself in the main house I don't feel as lonely and it feels very cozy and I when I'm home I feel like I'm home like I don't a lot of times, I think the places that I lived at before, I feel very disconnected to my house. I don't feel like it's home. I feel it's very empty. I feel it's scary. So I always wanna have friends stay with me. Um, now I, I, I'm very comfortable with myself.
0: So maybe you'll stay there for a while.
1: We'll see. But I'm always, I'm I'm already looking for new properties right now. So we'll
0: see. Are you, you, cause a lot of people, I think, wonder what like certain people do, I guess, you know, Anna Shea. with you say it's underreported has more than $600 million. Maybe she doesn't need to do anything, but like tell people like what you kind of do, like, are you, like, what do you do for your day job? I mean, a lot of people don't know. I don't think.
1: Yeah. I have a few things, you know, I have a production company. We do mostly scripted stuff. So right now we have a feature that, uh, in Pulse, we have a documentary in post and then pre-production for two other projects that's on the production side of things. And also I have an investment company that I've invested in different startup companies, um, funds, and also I'm building a couple other brands right now as well. Um, I had a company, well, actually I still have this company for over 10 years. Um, we, we've built a lot of brands for different people, but I, this is the first time I'm building something for myself i'm really excited about that and um and i just do a lot of projects that i i have passion for that you know nowadays is really about picking cost-based projects we're doing a, a a historical theater right now in in chicago because when i moved to chicago or moved to the u.s it was in this area called bridgeport and it was just such a historical place in bridgeport that's been really kind of you know, it's been in, it hasn't seen any light, I guess, for a long time. And we're building community center and theater. And I think for that, that one for me is very personal, just because it's kind of almost going back to where I first grew up in the US. Um, So just kind of that kind of stuff. And obviously, I want to support women entrepreneurs and women startup founders. So uh, I do a lot of that as well. So as much as I can support them with finance and as well as resources.
0: Is it hard, you know, like with these, you say the production company, like, are you aware? I mean, like, you're still on this show. It's a reality show. You're real. It's all real. But like, you know, you are in this unique position that, you know, you kind of came up with this idea and this is your day job for scripted fine. But like, are you still like consciously aware when the cameras, you know what I mean? Like, cause you are, you're behind the camera and you're a producer in a sense.
1: Yeah, it was uh, it was hard to switch at the beginning because you're worrying about things that you really shouldn't be worrying about. As because uh, when you're in a, a reality show, it's really hard because you got to stay present. That's the hardest thing, and you can't really be worrying what other people or the crew's doing, all that stuff. With the script, it's obviously a little bit different because you know where that scene is going. You have a middle, beginning you have a beginning, middle, and end. Where on script, you have no idea where this is going, so you really have to stay present. So I had to really turn that side of my brain off. Um, but our crew is so great, honestly, like our, our showrunner, Chris Collins, and then our, all of our other EPs, you know, Troy, Elise, everybody is so great and, and so supportive. So um, it's so nice to shoot with the crew that you trust and you know that has your back and it's going to get the best footage possible.
0: Why do you think this show is so successful? Like I freaking, from the minute I watched it, I was like, this is now, granted, I also love Selling Sunset. So let me just say Shout out to Netflix because they are killing the game of reality TV, Mm -hmm. but this is such a great show. Like, and most people agree, like, why do you think this show is so popular and people love watching it so much?
1: I think this show has all the elements it needs. Um, it obviously has the glam, the party, the fun, and it's also a lot. It's very entertaining. There's a lot of funny scenes because the cast con, uh, the chemistry with cast is all very organic. We've we'll been friends. It's not just a bunch of random people shooting together. And also, I think it has a lot of heart because we talk, we talk a lot about real life problems. You know, my relationship problems, uh, infertility, uh, finding real parents you know healing so there's a lot of real problems that audience can relate to and problems that people deal with you know despite it doesn't matter if your race your 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 status your you know any of that stuff it just as humans that we all deal with
0: do you think this will open you know the doors now like you said like asian representation i mean you know if you look at reality shows i mean there's certainly nothing like this out there or even close.
1: yeah absolutely and that's what we're hoping for you know we can't, with this show, obviously we have to think Crazy Rich Asian, the movie, we have to think Fresh Off the Boat, even Kim's Convenience Door. Uh, so we have a lot of projects that kind of open the door for this. Without those projects success, I don't think Playing Empire would be able to be greenlit. And hopefully with the success of this project, we can um, greenlight other all Asian casts or um, just Asian cast projects.
0: That's true. You're right. I didn't even think about fresh off the boat. But that's that's a yeah. good point too. That probably helped just for the timing of that was ending. And you're right. Absolutely. Well, listen, I mean, people have spoken out because now we listen, there's a great season. Congratulations. But now we're all ready for a little bit more here. So I mean, Dorothy Wang did an interview with page six where she said, you know probably by the end of the summer. Kim said, you guys are not going to wait long. So is there anything you can tell us about the timing of season three?
1: Can I just say ditto? <laughs> to too. Yeah, I mean, hopefully. I, I think uh, there's a lot of questions in the air from season two and there's a lot of stories that hasn't round up yet. So, um, so hopefully soon, hopefully soon. I'm, you know, I'm hoping as well, I'm having my fingers crossed and um, I think it'll be great for the audience to keep being on this journey with us
0: can you see you know because there was this epic scene you know between Anna and Christine where it kind of looked like this was going to be a knock them down drag them out like oh god but now it looks like you know they might be coming together and coming in Kane's direction i mean can you
1: see that happening i don't know this this crew and this 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 uh, group it's so hard to predict <laughs> So I was, I can say yes, but you know, things change so fast.
0: What about, you know, Dorothy moved to New York. I'm in New York. I mean, I've, I've seen her out. What about like, do you think Dorothy will be back next
1: season? We'll see. We'll see. it just depends on, you know, how much she's loving New York. And from what I've heard, she's really enjoying New York right now. So yeah.
0: Well, if she turned around and did enjoy New York and wasn't back, would you be upset?
1: Uh, would I be upset she's not coming back? I again I, I have no relationship with her, so I barely had any interaction with her during filming.
0: Well, you know, and then I have to ask the obvious. I mean, the last scene of the whole damn thing when like the door rings and it's Andrew walking into Anna Shays with flowers. What the hell?
1: Exactly my question, what the hell? <laughs>
0: you didn't know you didn't know that this was
1: no now i do but i didn't at the time and uh you know it's a free world and uh i don't know i'm curious too were you shocked i, I mean I, I i was shocked when i first heard about it i didn't so me watching it wasn't the first time i heard about it so I, I did hear about it afterwards and um you know um it's just, I, I think it doesn't really have much to do with me at this point. And um, it's a free world and um, he can go wherever he wants and she can go wherever she wants, or she can talk to whoever she wants. And uh, yeah, I, I wish him the best.
0: You're being very politically correct here. That's, you are a bigger woman than I am. <laughs> Thank you. Do you have, and like, then we'll wrap up in a few minutes. Do you have any regrets? Like anything you did, you know, we talked about like, you know, people that have left, like Cherie, just, they didn't really want to deal, which is understandable. Like, you know, is there any like scene or anything you're just like, I would have done that differently. It doesn't have to, not even relating to Andrew just in general, or like, I wish I just handled that a little different.
1: Not yet. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's not coming because, again, when you're put in positions and you're on the spot, you're, you're, you're always going to act differently, um, you know, especially when emotions are very high. But not yet. I, I think everything for me happened for a reason. Um, obviously, there's things that I wish it turned out a little bit different, especially things I've done with Andrew, but no regrets.
0: And then what do you do when you're not working or filming this reality show? Like, what do you do for fun?
1: I sit on my couch and watch TV <laughs> and take bubble baths
0: well those are two good things what like do you have any it's not reality tv but like do you have any guilty pleasures like what shows are you into i
1: uh ozark is really great you i love um uh breaking bad oh my god breaking is one of my all-time favorite entourage sex and city um you know, Curb, Larry Davis, Curb, and those are great shows. So so those, I I watch those.
0: You is like, you is brilliant. Every season is like better than the other. It's so good.
1: Yeah, because for me, like when the season ends, like there's no, we're already going to go. They got married. Where where is this going to go? And they always come up with something new and that you don't expect. So great job to the writers.
0: Did you watch Gossip Girl with Penn when he was in Gossip Girl?
1: Oh my God, of course. Gossip Girl. Like, you you know, I didn't watch a new one because I, I just don't want to ruin it. You know, but the old one, of course, like, loved it. It was
0: so good. Ozark, I loved. I know everyone still loves it. Somehow it got away from me. I'm like, I am so confused about what is going on in this show. But everyone... I think I'm just too busy and I watch kind of like half-assed and like, but yeah, I'm so confused by what Ozark that I'm just like, I, I can't watch this anymore, but everyone says it's great. And I need to just retry yeah. it.
1: Ozark is one of those things. You just cannot do anything. You got to put your phone on the side. Like I, I even put the captions on the bottom so I don't miss anything. And sometimes I have to rewind and then watch it again. So it's one of those shows that you really, really have to pay attention to.
0: Wow. You are really serious. <laughs> You know, and so, I mean, because I, I, yes, as soon as the captions are on, I'm like, okay, this is too much. What do you want people, before we wrap up, as we wrap up, what do you want people to take away, like, as they watch the show, as they watch you, like, what do you want people to say, like, you know, this is what I'm taking away from Bling Empire?
1: I just want people to have fun. That's really it. I, I, I want them to um, just have fun and, you know, laugh with us, cry with us and celebrate with us. That's just really it.
0: I think it's, you know, this came out like really during like the height of the pandemic. And to me, I was like, I loved it. But when it first came out, I was like, I don't know. This could go one way or another. It could be like totally tone deaf in the sense that like the world is like falling apart. You know, and I I know it was filmed way in advance and, you know, but, you know, it's such a good show. I think it did exactly what you're saying. It was fun it's true escapism when you are dealing with people, as you say, that have way more than $600 million. It's just like, that's the point of it. So it's, to me, it's like, I loved it right away. I was like, I wonder if people are going to get it or if there's going to be some revolt. And it's just like, it just to the power of how good the show is people were like, I surrender. Like, you know, the point is to take our mind off this crazy world. And I mean, we're in different times now, but you know, it really came out in the height of the pandemic kind of when, it could have gone one way or another, but I think it truly just took people out of the world and just, I, it's fun. Like you say, there's nothing else besides fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Very, very grateful for the, you know, the audience and the support and how well that is it is to this day, I'm pitching myself. Like, did this really happen? It's really happening. So yeah.
0: Best idea ever. Listen, you can come back season three, Kelly, please come back and join us.
1: Okay. Where can let's everyone,
0: happen. let's really make it happen. I'll have more questions for you. Where can everyone find you online that doesn't already follow you? Uh,
1: just on my Instagram and my other social at um, Callie Neely.
0: Thank you. I really appreciate your time. Love the show. Best of luck with everything. And let's talk thank soon.
1: Thank you, David. Thank you. Thank you. You're such a pleasure.
0: Anytime. Take care. Bye. Bye.